it's been there since the foundation of the world. Reshaping man's thoughts and ideas of life and redirecting man's pursuit in life to fit its agenda. It's a matter of these guys working through men endlessly using every way to hinder the advancement of the kingdom of God. It's Mammon, the spirit behind money. Charles and Susan Opil in their book Unmasking Mammon help their readers unmask this deadly spirit and embark on a journey back to the Father. Unmasking Mammon is a must read. Now available on Amazon and on order at cyruscom254 at gmail.com for physical copies. Grab your copy today and start off your journey to overcoming the spirit of mammon. Unmasking Mammon by Charles and Susan Opio. Hello and welcome to the Cyrus community. This is Business Unusual. This is where we talk matters, kingdom, business, reformation. And you'll hear us talking about the market space where God is re-establishing his believers and saying, these are my sons. I am sending them out there so that they may take the kingdom of God to the nations. For a long time, we brought the kingdom of God or we brought the kingdom patterns into the church and they did not affect the society. Now we are here to bring solutions because if we look at the patriarchs, there's nowhere they brought solutions to themselves. There were the solutions required in the earth. And that is why last week we looked at deep darkness. We continue that conversation where we are talking about the deep darkness which we saw it is the wisdom of God. And when we talk about wisdom of God, we will see that this season you cannot go to the marketplace without the wisdom of God. And yes. this series we call it the wealth transfer. And of course when you talk about the wealth transfer, that's yes. the one conversation yes. that the church has been talking about for a long time. Uh, we've prophesied it, <laughs> we've decreed it, yes. but the question is, what is it? What is this wealth yes. transfer? Where do we even get the idea from? And the thing about um, the church is that we've gotten into habits of reading, taking one line out of a scripture, yes. if you want context, and then trying to force that line to fit into our context. But it doesn't manifest and we yes. do not sit back and say, okay, wait, we've not seen the wealth transfer. Yes. And then I think like what we said before, when you go to the church and you put on the lenses yes. in the church, they start reinterpreting, redefining, and giving new meaning to words. Because if you go to church and talk of wealth, the minute yes. you say wealth, yep. people hear money. That's it. So people actually hear this scripture is read as the money, the, the money of the wicked will be transferred. So yes. wealth becomes money. Exactly. And that is where we ask, have we seen it? Have we experienced it? Yes. Have we manifested it? Yeah. I think maybe you need to give us a context because this is a series we are going to be Absolutely. talking about uh, uh, the wisdom of God. Yes. So, and remember the questions we want to answer. If, is this statement scriptural? Mm -hmm. If it is, for when? Mm. And if so, have we seen anybody or have we experienced it ourselves? So, to do that again, we have to reread the scripture. So it doesn't sound like it's just an idea. Like I said earlier, yes. we have a habit of taking a line without getting the whole context. Yes. So we need to look at the scripture again, mm -hmm. then look at the context. And like we then always say, that in the kingdom, yes. is like every time God is, sends us a reformation, yes. or comes and says, you know what, it is time to reform things in what we call the ecclesia, 
God redefines. God mm -hmm. says, listen, you guys have taken your own definitions, you've run with them, you've actually believed them. Yes. And God comes and says, stop guys, we have to go back and understand what was the original meaning of a word. Because yes. it's so interesting that God says that you perish yes. because of lack of knowledge. There you go. Not because yeah, of lack of money absolutely. or because of the devil out yes. there. He says because of lack of knowledge. Knowledge. So mm -hmm. we have to ask ourselves questions. That if what is God actually saying? What are we hearing? Okay. And we can't decide what we want to hear. Yes. Then try to apply it. Then try and make God agree with us. Mm. Let me read this scripture. And as you're listening out there, ask yourself. Have I ever looked at that scripture and thought it is written for me? And I tried speaking it, confessing it, praying it, and nothing happened. Yep. Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, mm -hmm. and the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Of course, when you talk about this, you think, I'm not the sinner, I'm the righteous. Yes. You know? so, so here, we have to look at the, first of all, let's look at the importance of how this scripture is structured. So, the first thing that I draw from this scripture, it says something very interesting. A good man should have wealth and is supposed to leave it for his grandchildren. Let's talk English. Mm -hmm. Alright? Simplify, yes. simplify, simplify, simplify. A good man, as far as God is concerned and as far as scripture is concerned, how do you describe a good man? Okay. A good man lives, so it is established. So we are saying if you are a good man, you should have wealth and you are supposed to leave that wealth as an inheritance. To you, not just your children, your. to your grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So this Proverbs is telling us one thing that is supposed to happen. Okay? The second thing it's telling us is that the sinner has wealth. Let's agree. It says, and the wealth of the sinner. So it's acknowledging what? The sinner has got what? Wealth. wealth. So this sinner is not the sinner we are thinking because mm -hmm. the term sinner here is not the term that deals with what we think as a church because if we're thinking that then we should also have if we call ourselves sinners we should also be synonymous with wealth mm. so this term sinner here is really more the term ungodly so here we are talking about two people we're yes. talking about the good man yes talking about the sinner yes the sinner is this man who is ungodly meaning yes. he does not walk yes. in the counsel of the godly yes. he does not seek kingdom patterns he exactly. does not seek god yes he does not just yeah. Yes. Both kingdom principles. So, so let's first get so, this very clear. Yes. This scripture is talking about two wealthy people. All right. A good man will leave an inheritance. So that good man is what? Wealthy. wealthy. So okay. the, the very outset of this program, so scripture, is not discussing a group of poor people on one side. Who are good. Who are good. <laughs> and a group of wealthy people who are sinners and somehow magically this group is going to give money to this group no this statement is giving us as it should be oh, yes. from a kingdom perspective mm -hmm. as it should be for a kingdom perspective there should be two groups of people there should be one group called good or godly man okay should have wealth and that wealth should transfer to his children and his children's children there's another group here called the ungodly not the sinner Ungodly. Ungodly, like you said, means one who uses everything he has against the things of God. Mm. So the sinner is not a matter of just a bad person. Mm. No. The sinner may be a good person. Did you know that? There are good people who are sinning. 
Mm. This is not a principle. And I think also when you look at the sinner as somebody who has missed the mark of God. Yeah, somebody so who God has said error. this is the standard. Yes. This is how you should live. This yes. is how you should walk. Yes. This is how you should talk. This is how you should teach your children. He said about yes. Abraham. Yes. Now I know you will teach your children's children yes. the ways of the Lord. That's exactly. a good man. Yes. So a sinner here is somebody who's just missed the mark ha. of God. Yes. And I think also this will answer a question that hmm. we always ask. Yes. That Sometimes you look at people and you say, let me ask you, how come this person does not care about kingdom principles, yes. about heaven, about God, what we call good, Very good. what we call kingdom, what yes. we call godly. Yes. And yet he's increasing, yet he's go. doing well. When God is talking, this is the Bible, when the Bible says there's a good man and there's a sinner. The problem we have right now, we've come to a generation that wants to Use what as they believe exactly. them to be. Exactly. The definition. Exactly. So the minute I come and say, the sinner, you're like, hey, you're judging. You Christians, you're judging. You already know who a sinner is. Listen, mm -hmm. the context where, remember, when Solomon is writing, there is no cross. So there is no yet distinction between sinner and believer. Mm -hmm. All right? So the word sinner here is the word ungodly, or some translations, the word wicked. So a good man is godly, yes. a sinner is ungodly. ungodly. That's yes. the principle here. Before we leave there. Yes. The sinner is godly. Yes. Ungodly. Yes. The good man is godly. Yes. What is this godly? That, Say again. Yes. The term <laughs> godly here is one who does things according to God's posture, according to God's instruction, according to God's intent. So why I ask that question is because when we read this scripture, listen and ask yourself. Could I be the sinner the Bible is referring to because I don't use kingdom principles, I use man's wisdom, man's intelligence, and that is how I draw my life. There if you, you come and check my life, you'll see here I just took man's wisdom and intelligence yes. and formed my life. I don't yes. have strategies of the kingdom, I have strategies of men. Yes. So if we talk like that and yes. say define the sinner as one who is not using godly counsel to work out their life, yes. then you're saying they are sinners yep. who might be sitting in church. So, so please understand, mm -hmm. this scripture is not about good and bad people. Okay. <laughs> Listen, there are good and bad people on both sides. We have to labor on this because right. if you can get right who yes. is good and who is a What sinner. is being discussed here is godly. Godly. Now let me use another term which okay. you will see in this series. The term righteous. It's also used here. The righteous and the wicked. Okay? Now again, remove your spectacles of the cross. Okay? Because the cross discusses he gave us his righteousness. Okay. We never became righteous. Mm -hmm. We have no ability to, to become. become righteous. So therefore, it would be wrong then to call us righteous because we did not acquire any ability to so be. So the righteousness we talk about yes. and we pride in yes. is God's righteousness yes. that he gave us. us. That is imputed righteousness which has to do with mm -hmm putting us in a position of favor with him. So we should not walk around saying, by the way, we are the righteous and no. these guys are the wicked. No. So the mm -hmm. word righteous here, English is a limited language. Yes. It's very different from the word righteous that comes from because, moral, uh, moral upstanding. Mm -hmm. That's a different righteousness. We are able to have that moral upstanding because of the cross. It gave us the access to that reality. Mm -hmm. That's one story. Okay. But the story being discussed here, it starts with God is righteous. Now, the righteousness of God is found in the Old Testament and in the New. Okay. Listen, he never sinned to become righteous. Mm. 
The word righteousness of God has nothing to do with moral uprightness. He doesn't require to be morally upright. For who? Who is he comparing himself with? The word righteous, whenever it does with God, basic English, it means God is always right. Mm -hmm. Everything he says is, is right. always right. Okay. His position is settled. If he says this is how things will happen, they will happen. And if I don't align to that, yes. God, not men, God sees you as a sinner, and that's what the scripture is saying, the, the sinner or yes. the wicked has wealth, but it is taught up for the righteous. Who is yes. the righteous? The one who is aligned with God's exactly. principles and God's patterns. That's the righteous. And that's what we yes. say when we said about Noah in yes. our last conversation, yep. that Noah was found to be the only righteous man. That's why when the Thank flood you. came. Yes. Now, Noah was not the least sinful. We said that. That's a principle. Noah is not the one who sins the small five sins. Yes. While everybody else is on the big five sins. Yes. No. Righteous so is aligned. What was Noah's righteous Noah's righteousness? Okay. He agreed that God was right. That's it. He agreed God is right. There will be a flood. There will be this. Is that what God says? Mm -hmm. I'm building towards this. Therefore, Noah is found to be righteous. It means in right standing with God's position. That's mm. the term righteous. Guys, we are talking about a good man, a sinner, and we want to see these two, the difference yes. between these two people yes. so that, like we always say, locate yourself. Yes. Locate yourself. Yeah. So you cannot be your grandchildren. You cannot be your children. Yes. So you're either a good man or a sinner. Simple. Locate yourself. I go back and, to the scripture. And, and I'll keep saying, yeah? let's remove the word sinner because it's so strong in Christian God. coming from the church. Yes. Let us use the word wicked. ungodly or... and wicked. Mm -hmm. What is ungodly? Ungodly is a people who want to run the earth, their life, everything without God. So let me read so that again. So ungodly is not a badly behaved person. Yes. <laughs> Is somebody who thinks God doesn't matter or exist And I in my only world. need him when I hit the wall. Yeah. I only need him when I cannot now get this thing to work. Yes. I only need him when I don't know what to do. So you yes. always put him aside like, God, every time I hit the wall, I'll yes. call on you. And there are people who will tell you, I'm a believer. I call on God. I mean, I know I'm going to heaven. God tells you, listen, you can go to heaven, but your life in the earth matters. That is where you're being told, in the earth can we have a godly people who will pull in the life of heaven and bring it to the earth and we can stand up and say, surely we have heaven on earth. But without a godly people, yes. that life will never be seen in the earth, uh -huh. although you will go to heaven. There you go. So God is not looking for a people yes. or masses yes. to fill heaven. There you go. You know, we always say that. That's a principle. No, we are not looking for people no, to fill no, no. heaven. God did not have a deficit of citizenry. Mm -hmm. But he's trying to fit up a quarter for. Yes. <laughs> Where are we at? And it's not, like, it's not like God needs those people. Mm. But if they now come in, they will make him God. They need God. That's the people need mm. God yeah. to thrive. God doesn't need us. So, so let's get away from the theology that there's a panic in heaven for recruitment. No. God wants people to thrive in the earth. There you go. Not to feel heaven. So if your life... He is not bringing up showcasing the life of God in the earth. You're already missing the mark of go. God. Missing the mark of God. So let me read this scripture again. A godly man mm -hmm. leaves an inheritance to his children's children, mm -hmm. but the wealth of the ungodly man is stored up for the righteous. righteous. Now, comes to the next thing we must ask ourselves. First, we must acknowledge that the ungodly man 
has wealth. The Bible says that wealth he has is stored up for the righteous, not for the saved, not, not for the Christian, mm. not for the good, for the righteous. There's a reason mm -hmm. the word righteous is used there. And the word righteous, like I said, in use in the Old Testament and in use in kingdom context, even in the New Testament, there is two types of righteousness. There's moral uprightness and there is positional uprightness. This righteousness is positional, alignment in the right order, in obedience to. That's the principle. Now, having said that, we have to ask ourselves a question. This scripture preempts the reality that the sinner has wealth. Mm -hmm. Not will have. Has. has. So, we have to ask the question, where did he get it from? So, when you talk about God will give us power to create wealth, yes. God is already telling you, I'm giving you power to create wealth. But my friend, there's a person called the sinner. Yes who in their system, in huh. their way, has created wealth. Already. But you know what? A scripture here is promising us that the wealth of the ungodly yes. is stored up, stored up for those yes. who are positionally righteous before God. Now, we have to put this whole conversation in context with a small history lesson. Okay. Okay? To put it in context, we need to remind ourselves of an, a conversation that Jesus had with the devil. If you have time, please look it up, and I think we'll put it up for you to see. The scriptures, go read it for yourself. Okay. But I'm giving you context. This is the context. The devil makes a very daring claim of ownership. He said, the Bible says, he showed Jesus. He didn't tell him. <laughs> he showed Jesus the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Hey, those are serious things. And all their glory meaning their capacity, their strength, their reputation, their resources. Their, that's what the word glory means. Yes. Okay? Mm. And he said he has a right to give it to whosoever he wishes. And he offered it to Jesus. If he will worship him. <laughs> meaning to whoever worships him, he gives this power. I so he does have this power. I think this is one of the scriptures where we say, guys, today we need to get the meaning of that scripture. Because, yes. let's go back. Let's ask ourselves, this sin, yes. look at it as a sin. Mm -hmm. In this sin, there are two, I won't use the word character. I will yes. say there are two people. Functionalities. Fun yeah. There are two function uh, functionalities. Yes. There's Jesus and there's the devil. Mm -hmm. Okay, stop guys. Stop. Jesus is the word in human form. Jesus is God. The creator. The creator of heaven and earth. The Bible says in the beginning. Listen. You know, in the beginning was the word. That word there, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning Jesus was. In the beginning he was. This is Jesus the devil is addressing. There you go. And there's something you yeah. said. Yeah. Well, okay, just finish first. He makes claim of ownership, but he says he was given. And then the He doesn't say he created. Mm -hmm. He said, he doesn't. it has been given to me, and I give it to whosoever I will. Did Jesus rebuke him? Jesus did not rebuke him. 
Jesus did not dispute it. We always say from a church perspective, the devil is the father of lies. He never talks the truth. He has no capacity to talk the truth. In this case, Jesus didn't tell him a lie. You are the father of lies. You are lying. The kingdoms are not yours. He said something. The kingdoms of the world, not the kingdom of the yes. earth. And we've talked about the world yes. and the earth. He said the kingdoms of this world. Yes. They are mine. But there's something he told Jesus. Now listen carefully. Yeah. The, the devil mm -hmm. cannot lie. Yes. Right? But he's a master of distorted facts. So he'll give you facts. So the fact is... A fact is not always a truth, okay? Mm -hmm. So this is a fact, but it's a reality. Yes. And facts are reality mm -hmm. outside of God. They are reality. Okay? So he says, this was given to me. So he's giving you a clue, and Jesus does not query him, which means Jesus knows who gave him. And he didn't say to Jesus, you gave it to me. Yet we know Jesus is the creator of heaven and earth. So, going back to that same statement, <laughs> the Kingdoms of this world yes. belong to me. Yes. And Jesus is looking at him and telling him, that's why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. If this didn't happen, if this particular statement was that he's true. saying that it was given to me, mm -hmm. if it was never given yes. to you, I would never be here. Yes. We'll be continuing with the kingdom uh, oh. mandate, whatever was Jesus exactly. intended in Genesis chapter 2. Yes. Life would have continued. But if you notice, in chapter 3, life stops. And now God starts a journey of redemption. Yes. So this journey that started in Genesis chapter 3, where we see Jesus, God giving them, uh, covering them with skins of animals, yes. that journey is what manifested with Christ in Matthew. There you go. So when Jesus is listening to this conversation, he's not telling him, listen, you're lying. He said, listen, that's why I'm here. I'm here Because to these this. kingdoms you're talking about, the Bible says that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God, have become. Have no, they become. Are, have become. Which means they became something. Yes. Now they have to become again. again. All right? Mm -hmm. And so this is the story. So... The, the, the depth of that process is something we will be discussing in an upcoming masterclass, which we will talk about. Yes. Where we go into the actual principal focus. How did Adam give this up? And also for him to say, they were given to me yes. and he received them. But yes. he also says something Who powerful. I give to, to whoever. Guys, okay, stop. The devil said to Jesus, he gives to whoever. He did not say, I used to give. No, he This does. is a present and continuous. Yes. Today, today, 2023, the devil is giving the kingdoms to whoever he wills. Yes. But he doesn't sit like the Holy Spirit and says, listen, yep. I'm coming upon you and I'm giving you the kingdom by force. There no, no, go. no, no. You must be facing on a particular direction for him to say, this one I will give. Yes. But I think, like you're saying in the master class, we will go yeah. into the depth of what does it mean, yeah. I give to whoever. Who is this whoever? Could it be yes. me? And I'm sitting here thinking, yes. I'm serving God, and the devil is saying, listen, yes. I've already given you the kingdom. What does that mean? And there is nothing in scripture that is stated that cannot be proven within scripture. Oh, yes. If it can't be proven within scripture, then it was a lie. Yes. But you will discover, as we said, in that detail that it's there. But suffice to say for now, mm -hmm. that the devil, since Adam lost this, has been able to give it to his sons mm -hmm. with devastating results since then. Do we now believe, when you talk about the sons of 
the devil yes. because Jesus said you are like your father the devil talking to the Pharisees do we now believe the church has messed us up yep. because the, the church has made us think when we say sons of the devil we are devil worshippers and they go and go walking naked backwards in this building you're like my friend that is just the devil trying to confuse you so that you never understand when God says that he has sons hmm. in the earth, and the wheat are the sons of God, and the tears are sons of the enemy, guys. These sons exist. But exactly. every time we bring our conversation, yes. the first question we should be asking, wait, are you telling me there are two sons in the earth? Where do I belong? <laughs> the question always comes back to me. I have to keep asking myself so that we do not discuss transfer of wealth, and you are the sinner we are waiting for to transfer to, hmm. the, weak, to the righteous. Listen carefully. Two terms. Mm -hmm. Godly. And ungodly. ungodly. Yes. Those same terms also means son of mm. God yes. and son of the wicked one. Mm. Have you noticed that scripture? It says, and the wicked one came and saw. Those are the sons of the wicked one. But where are they? In the earth. Guys, we interacting. No, so what does it mean? Who is a son? <laughs> a son is an accurate representation of his father's intent and will. Did you know what I just said? Mm. Not a representation of his father, not look like the father. Mm -mm. No. A son doesn't look like the father. He represents. A son represents the intents and the wills of the father. And he carries on the legacy of the father. That's it. Hmm. So what are the sons of the ungodly like? To spread the ungodly kingdom in the earth. Not to misbehave. Okay. <laughs> you see, we think that the sons of the devil are people who are misbehaving. Oh, no, no, those are the babies. Mm, mm. The sons of the devil are carrying out a mandate. And they're establishing a kingdom. Yes. And that is why Jesus said, I mean, today we are going to crisscross the Bible, all right? Mm. So stay, stay focused. focused, okay? <laughs> That's why Jesus says the kingdom um, is forcefully advancing. Yes. The kingdom of God is forcefully because advancing. Because there's resistance. Why does he say the kingdom of God? There's another kingdom, but this one is forcefully advancing because there's a resistance and it has to advance and only the forceful are able to get press hold of it, it or they press onto it or they enter and manifest in it. Yes. So there are two kingdoms, there are two sons, there are yes. two men, one godly, one ungodly. If you don't get that, you will not understand the scripture we are talking about, the wealth transfer yes. from the and, sin. And and that scripture you quoted, the kingdom is forcefully advancing. advancing yes. I know, if you, depending on the school of thought you came from, <laughs> you've been taught one version of it or the other. Mm -hmm. Take both to get it right. Oh, yes. None is wrong. Okay. There's a group, law of relativity, who see from the position of the kingdom is always being attacked and attempting to be captured. Mm. You are right. <laughs> yes. Attempting to be stopped. And only the violent. Forceful and violent people are trying to shut it down. Yes. At the same time, the ones who make it advance are just as forceful mm. and as violent. Mm. So both sides of the coin need to be seen in correct context. So if you focus on those trying to shut it down, you won't move. But if you focus on those who are expanding it, you will move. So I think we need to ask a question based on our scripture. Yeah. Who is good? And who is the sinner? Exactly. And I think we've been talking about that, yeah. but we continue looking at this. Yes. And like we said in depth, we'll go into this in yes. the master class. Yes. Yeah. But now let's look at something. Mm -hmm. So how does the righteous man accept this access. word? Because access. Because something God is saying that the righteous man is living an inheritance. The ungodly man is amassing wealth. 
Now let's look at another scripture that expands this truth because remember the law of witness. Mm. There has to be another scripture that speaks in the same context about the same story but elaborates it further. So that we now get proper understanding of what are the dynamics at play here. Okay. Ecclesiastes 2, 26. Yep. For God gives wisdom mm-hmm. and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. But to the sinner he gives the work of gathering and collecting, that he may give to him who is good before God. This also is vanity and grasping for the wind. Yes, so now please understand, for the sake of those who have been reading Ecclesiastes as if it's a crisis, <laughs> what is vanity? Vanity is the one collecting to heap. Vanity is not God giving wisdom. Okay? God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to the man who is good in his sight. One story ended. Okay. But to the sinner, second story, he gives the work of gathering and, and collecting. collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. This is vanity and grasping for the wind. So this man who is gathering and collecting, do you yes. notice he's busy? Yes. Do you notice he's setting up systems? Uh-huh. Do you notice he's doing business? Yes. But God is telling you, at the end of it, if I am God, the creator of heaven and earth, this will be transferred to the righteous. So, and listen, people might look at it in uh, looking at yourself and saying, "Is yeah. it possible? Yes. Is it? Is it? When will it ever happen?" God is telling you, there is a person who will be called good before hmm. God, because the Bible talks about a man who is good in His sight. Yes. That position called good hmm. does not now cause you to go praying and telling God, "By the way, I'm good. Why don't you yeah. send the transfer?" No. There's a place you lock. Remember what we did in our group last week, where we said, "Put on, put this door that when you step, there's a particular step you make, mm-hmm. and the doors open when you go to the mall or somewhere. When you step, there's something you step on which makes the doors open, isn't it? So there's a place called good. You arrive there, and the wealth transfer comes. Okay. But that's what we're looking at. That's the issue. journey. So, so not something we've said so far, yes. if you're tracking. That somewhere along the line, Adam dropped the ball. Yes. The ball is called the power to produce wealth. Okay. So the devil got it and began to give it to his sons. Since that process cannot be stopped, mm-hmm. it is reassigned. Mm-hmm. So God says it's true. We will not lie because when I leave man in charge and you give up something, I have to intervene in a new way. Yes. So it is okay that they have the power to produce wealth. wealth. It is okay. Now, to us to go back briefly to the first scripture we looked at, it said something interesting. That a good man will leave an inheritance for his children. Children. But yes. the sinner. sinner will gather up for him who is good. Notice, so for a good man, wealth goes generational. <laughs> for an ungodly man, Wealth goes sideways. Can you even say, wherever you are watching us from, yes. just pause. Look around you and ask yourself, can I see this scripture in manifestation around me? In the world. Is there a generation that, is there a, 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 a family in the earth, the families in the earth where you can see the wealth going? Generationally. Is there a place where you can see the wealth going off? Yeah. Where you ask, wait a minute, the man goes yes. within three, four, five years. Scattered, sideways. Scattered. scattered. So when God says, listen, I have somebody called good and I have somebody called sinner, may we never find ourselves in the generation of sinners. And if you're coming from families of sinners, I'm coming off and saying, good. my friend, I'm moving out and I'm captain, coming into the lineage of Christ where I'll be counted as good. And from me, going forth, onwards, 
this will be counted as good family now, of a good man. This is important because as we continue to journey, we'll look at depth of what are these two systems. Yes. Okay? It means in the natural, this is provable. A good man's wealth is measured in his grandchildren, according mm. to scripture. Mm. Not in his children. This is practical. God is so practical that he's telling you, listen, when I come to matters wealth. Just check mm. the third generation and if they are still in wealth, we are looking at the source was good. And if you look at yourself and say, I'm the third generation of yes. a particular lineage, Yes. where am I? And that's why it's so important when we tell people, Thank you. guys, can you get onto the lineage of God? Yes. Stop counting yourself in the lineage of men who have fallen. Mm. Stop counting yourself in the ancestors who did not know God and did not worship God. Yes. And their path is designed. Simple. It is called the lineage of the sinner. Yes. And his work is to gather, to collect, that he may give to him who is righteous or good before God. Why Very don't good. I look at myself and say, my friend, I'm cutting off. I want the lineage of Christ. So a lot of questions then arise that you must ask yourself as yes. an individual. What is wealth that is being passed on? What is mm. inheritance? There's two things. There's inheritance and wealth. So if you have inheritance of things but no inheritance of wealth, mm -mm. what happens mm -mm. in your hands? The things will dissipate. Say that again, please, because I think maybe all along we are talking about inheritance yes. and wealth. Yes. If somebody mixes the two thinking, yes. like we said from the beginning, wealth, they think it's money. Wealth produces inheritance. Inheritance Can is not, not wealth. Yes. Inheritance is inheritance, not confused terms. So inheritance here... Can be turned into wealth hmm. or can be lost. Depending on godliness or un godliness. Mm, mm. These are the two tools that are important here. We'll be getting into depth in this series. We're just giving you the outlines as we and go. And that, going back to our prophetic word in the house, when yes. we talk about God is giving us power to create wealth, we've said over and over, God is not giving you money. Mm. He's giving you power to create wealth. Because mm. if you can create wealth, money will follow. In fact, put now, it this way. Yes. Power to create wealth, with wealth you create money. Yes. But money cannot create wealth. No. And there are many people who think amassing money, Equals. money, riches, you think you become wealthy. Yes. No. There is wealth. And then there is, and that is what you pass on to your children. And Jesus, when uh, God is talking about Abraham and saying, now I know you will teach your children's children yes. the ways of the Lord. He's mm. not teaching them how to make money. He's teaching them the ways of the Lord which will cause them to in follow. every generation. Mm. Guys, Money is always in motion. Yes. Wealth is static. Hmm. Hmm. We'll talk about it. That's a whole dis <laughs> different discussion. We'll talk about that. All right? So now listen. So far there are two assignments. One assignment for the ungodly is to heap up. So if you see the ungodly heaping up, why are you amazed? Hmm. Can we go back to that scripture that we've just said? Yes. That for God gives wisdom, yes. knowledge, uh -huh. and joy Yes. to a man who that is righteous. Is Righteous yes. or good yes. in his sight. So, so that's why I want to dispense with mm. the second part who is heaping up. Because mm. we already came back from the point where that one was heaping up. Why the devil said he gave to whoever. whoever. So we let's acknowledge that. So you are saying here, going back to the scripture of Jesus yes. and the devil talking. Yes. I give to whoever I will. Yes. Fine. Yes. That you're giving yes. is doing the work of collecting Thank you. and gathering for he who is good. That is the bigger story. The first thing you must get out of your mind 
Have you ever wondered why it seems like the so-called so -called ungodly are always making lots of money? <laughs> yes, they are. They have power to do it. They are not smarter than you. They were given a power because the ungodly kingdom is trying to advance in the earth. Are we together? So don't be shocked at that, but ask yourself the prophetic meaning. Mm. Mm. Prophetic meanings are their gathering. Yes. The problem is they've been gathering for so long. What is missing? Mm. But there's a statement that here in this scripture in Ecclesiastes that we are seeing. Yes. That God gives wisdom, mm. knowledge, and joy. Yes. And then he leaves it at that. Yes. To him who is good in his sight. He leaves it at that. Wisdom, knowledge, knowledge and joy. joy. Three things. But to the sinner... He's gathering and collecting. Do you realize the gathering and collecting so that he may give to him who is righteous? The giving will come back and involve these three things. Don't lose these three. Huh. This is the core. Don't lose what the three. What are the tools of wealth transfer? Mm -hmm. We're telling you in advance, even before this whole series goes on. The tools of wealth transfer are called knowledge, wisdom, knowledge, and, and joy. joy. In other words, those are the keys. That will unlock the wealth of the sin. And what, uh, let me ask you here. When you talk about wisdom as believers, yeah. whenever we say, you know what, we have a conference. What is the conference? What is the theme of the conference? The wisdom of God. What does it sound like to you? The wisdom always sounds like something somewhere in the spirit that I don't even understand how it will be practical in my life. Ah. I don't even know how to download it and come and say, I, am, I have the wisdom of God. Yes. But you might find somebody now today saying, you know what? I have the wisdom of God. Mm -hmm. The wisdom of God led me to do this. You're like my friend. Mm -mm. No. The wisdom mm -hmm. of God, when it lands into our realm, <laughs> and that is why if you look at the church, it has totally misrepresented that word, wisdom. Yes. And if you noticed in our last conversation, when we talked about it, that was 2020, when we talked about wisdom of God, when we talked about deep darkness, a place where you receive wisdom, and when it comes into practicality, it becomes light. It can be yes. seen by men. It's practical. It can be touched. Wisdom of God is not something in the spirit. Wisdom of God is transferred into the natural and becomes practical. So, the functional posture called righteous, mm -hmm. the functional posture called good, yes. the one who qualifies for wealth transfer mm. is the one who has gotten wisdom, wisdom knowledge and mm -hmm. joy from God these three things are the transfer tools of wealth now we have to ask ourselves if that is true and that is why it is and of course maybe for some people it's the first time you've had it but you've been around for so long the church has been around for so long Jesus died 2,000 years ago this proverb was spoken before the cross why are we where we are mm. Why are we unable to access the transfer of wealth? Why are we unable to touch the wealth that was said it is laid up for the just? And question, if the sinners have been collecting and gathering, don't you think they have heaps and heaps awaiting the good? There you go. Where is the problem? Guys, we're going to give you four thoughts. Okay. These four thoughts are the core hindrance to the access of wealth to the access of God's intent for the godly. Now I want you to understand, these hindrances sadly are not the devil. Okay, so we are looking at, there is a scripture that promises, and when God's word is spoken in heaven, it is settled. 
okay? But we can tell in our realm it's not yet settled. So now you're saying there are things that if we look at them, yes. they can tell us what has been hindering us from yes. accessing this world. Absolutely. Okay? And, and if we go, and again, I'm just touching on this for the masterclass, we'll go into detail on what I'm about to say, how two lineages mm -hmm. existed after the fall of man. One lineage went into productivity, went into growth, went into building under the power of the enemy. Another lineage went into an entirely different process that did not establish this order. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. we have inherited that lineage. And until we adjust to mm. this scripture, yes. we are going to continue waiting for the transfer. Mm. So the first thing, and this is true in the lineage of the church, in the lineage of the history of those who are supposed to be operating with God. Remember the Bible says, my people perish. For lack of knowledge. Not because of For knowledge. lack of knowledge. So knowledge is key. Mm. Alright? When Solomon was asked by God, what do you want from me? He said, give me wisdom. God told him, because you've asked for wisdom. You see the way we read that scripture? We think this is what God said. Mm. I think God said, because you've asked me for wisdom, mm -hmm. I will reward you. <laughs> with wealth. With wealth. <laughs> no. He said, because you've asked for wisdom, you will get wealth. In other words, wealth you will follows wisdom. Godly wealth that comes with no sorrows, that can go through into the third generation, comes through wealth. Now, here's the thing. We have made an occupation. Mm. of building altars instead of establishing thrones. Mm. Mm. That's our first problem, guys. If yes. you want to know why the yes. wealth transfer has not happened yet, yes. say it again, please. We have been busy building altars instead of establishing thrones. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. It means we are busy avoiding sin. Hmm. We are busy praying against problems, praying against crises, mm. praying against the devil, Praying, establishing nothing. The devil is busy heaping up. So, let's go back to this point, which is so, 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 so powerful. And if we can understand, we will know why we are saying that the era of the church has just come to this place where you say, you know what? The kingdom is emerging. Because the kingdom or the ecclesia is the kind that will break these patterns that we have come with. We are facing the altar or building the altars instead of establishing thrones. Yes. And here, when we talk of, of facing or building the altars, yes. we are simply saying our life is now left into this dome called the church Listen, with prayer, prayer, prayer. Prayer becomes an occupation instead of an activation. Please explain. Listen carefully. When prayer becomes the preoccupation, you get your glory from praying. We have prayed for 10 hours. Okay, what did you hear? What did you what get? Did you establish? What are you establishing? So we've become masters of prayers, yes. but we are not at all even trying to establish anything with our prayers. And, yeah, and the most annoying thing, yeah. we have no list of what mm. we are praying for that we may clarify that we got it. Mm. We are not focusing. You know what we do? When we go into a prayer meeting, we have a list of 10 prayer points. Stop it. Hmm. So we are Ten bothered with the point. For what? Here is point one. Yes. When we pray, we do not check whether it happened we or don't know. anything changed because, again, with our prayer, and you know, we've done prayer nights, we have done prayer days, prayer uh, conferences, prayer walks, we have prayer, done chains. prayer everything, isn't it? But when you check and ask yourself, let me ask you, with the prayers of saints from the north, the east, the south, and the west, we Where still have the God? Al alphabet community. 
They are ruling. They are increasing. You know they why? They have established their thrones. Thrones. <laughs> they are pushing thrones. <laughs> we are building altars. <laughs> Guys, establishing thrones. And, and, and you thrones. cannot have two kingdoms in conflict where one kingdom is in altars and the other one is in thrones. Okay, wait. Let's go back. So establish, when you say building altars here, yes. we are simply saying we are building places of prayer. Yes. And this prayer is not measurable. Nothing. Neither is it's it our occupation now. It is an occupation. When we've already prayed, we feel we are complete. We, we go prayed. home and we are fine. That's it. I did not expect an answer from that prayer in the nope. sense of, I want societies changed. I want businesses established, thrones established. We don't have that. From the very outset, mm -hmm. the interesting thing is, the Bible says this. The massive prayer. Now let's go back to Solomon. It starts by saying, God says to Solomon, listen carefully before you again pull a line into your prayer. Okay. He says, when men, paraphrased, have gone astray. I'm putting it in basic English okay. so that we don't okay. miss the point. Yes. And I close up the heavens. And it doesn't rain. You remember, closing up the heavens is an economic attack on an agricultural community. Mm -hmm. Closing up the heavens is not having angels show up. Mm -hmm. It means, and there is no rain on the land, yes. which manifests in a famine, which manifests in economic chaos. Okay. When I do that, if my people who are called by my name shall seek me, shall mm -hmm. seek me mm -hmm. and turn from their ungodly ways. I'm using language you'll understand now. Okay. In other words, they took a journey, they began to believe in other gods, they begin to do things that I never asked them, and the heavens closed up and the economy crashed. Okay. When they adjust that, notice the first thing they do is to adjust. The first thing they do is not to pray. So we are busy praying for we haven't adjusted the, yet. For open heavens. In their fallen state. Hmm. In their disobedience. In their error. If they will turn from there, wicked, not sinful. Wicked I will way. refer again. Hmm. Wicked, what is a wicked way? They are trying to establish things in the earth without using my principles. That's a wicked way. If you can turn from that. Yes, that's why Psalms 1 talks of the counsel of the wicked. Wisdom from people. So I need to said, turn away from my wicked ways. Yes. I turn away from doing things away from God. Yes. Doing things like the Babylonian, exactly. like the world. And then now I turn to God and pray. What yeah. am I praying about now? It's, what are you praying? Mm -hmm. Lord, I have turned from that way. I'm back doing things your way. Open the heavens. Give me wisdom. Give me insight. Give me strategy to get out of this situation. Mm. He says, then I will hear. What will you hear? Their prayer and do what? Heal the land. If I don't see healing in the land, mm. your prayer went nowhere. So we have... Uh, uh, you said something. Yes. We are building altars. Yes. We are praying. Yes. And then when God gives us an answer, we pray the answer. Yes. Back to then him. we are back to him. We are throwing it back to heaven. Now, when we talk about the alphabet community, yes. Lord, what do we do? You get an answer. You go back to God now again and pray the answer to God. Now, God, you said, and you said you will, and you said, and God is saying, listen, you, telling him what he said? you are supposed to do. <laughs> listen carefully. The practical side is on you, but you're taking it to God and said, you said you will. You said you will. <laughs> listen to what you're saying. Oh. You're telling God he said, said to who? You're the one he told. Why are you telling him what he told you? Do so what he said. You said. Yes, what? I said. So that you can do. Simple. 
So we are building altars. We are coming to a place of even now. Let's talk about TCC, <laughs> where we say that you have an instruction. Have you heard from God? Do you have a proceeding word? When you receive the proceeding word, instead of going to action, the proceeding word, you're taking it back to prayer. What are you praying about? I am praying that God told me I need to go and do something. So now I'm praying well, how so I should do something. the something. What is the something? How do I do the something? Where do I do the something? You're back to prayer. Altars. God would come and open your eyes. When you talk about open heavens, we are saying that when Jesus was being baptized, the heavens opened and a voice came. So when you operate in open heavens, you hear God. Voice. So God speaks, but when he speaks, you take the prayer and back to him. How do I do? How do I action? Where do I do this? You're still praying. So wow. you started by saying there are four points. Number yes. one, yeah. why are we unable to access wealth transfer? Yes. Because instead of building, establishing thrones, thrones. we are building altars. Yeah. Prayer after prayer after prayer after prayer, no action. Jesus himself, when they said, teach us how to pray, hmm. gave the clear outline. First principle, God lives in heaven. <laughs> Listen, when you say our God who our art father, in heaven, yes. our Father who art in heaven, you're not reminding him of his residence. Mm. Mm. You're not informing him of mm. where he already is. Yes. You're not even talking about a description. You are acknowledging the superiority of, of his realm over, your over realm. every other realm. Mm. 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 You're, you're, you're establishing where the throne is. Okay? Then the next thing in that line is your kingdom, your establishment, mm -hmm. your thrones be established on earth as it, is in as it is in heaven. In other words, in line with, mm. in agreement with heaven. And that manifests in daily bread. Thank you. Okay, guys. We are talking about four <laughs> things that hinder us from accessing the tools of wealth transfer. There you go. All right? And we are simply saying the first one is when you are so much Focus on prayer that you do not action the answers of you receive prayers. when you're praying. Yes. There's something else you've said mm. that the wicked, while we are praying, mm. they are establishing throne. Please yeah. explain. Listen, <laughs> they're so busy, they don't have anything. They've been given power to produce wealth. That wealth that they are producing, they are developing thrones. What are those thrones? Remove godliness from every area of life. Remove godliness from marriage, LGBTQ. Remove godliness from business. Remove godliness, mm. go everywhere and remove godliness. Using what? Economy. If Industry. you want us to fund you, you cannot do business this way. That's it. If you want us to fund, so where is the funding? The funding is coming with strings attached. Yes. If you want this, you cannot do this. Listen, we cannot fund married women. No. We want the single. Singles. And the divorced. And the divorced. And the you are not going to fund anywhere there's a man. Economy. Those they are, are establishing thrones that have already thrones. been established. In other words, they are entering oh. the house, removing the throne of marriage and establishing another throne. Hmm. Everywhere that's what they are doing. Go when to the school. Schools, remove, the, yes. remove the throne of order and civility and obedience to parents and bring radicalness. Then Gen Alpha has been well taught. Hmm. And they are coming into this system where they question everything. Everything. Who and are you? When, when Give you record authority. them, you laugh and say, you are look, at she, look at how she's rebellious. <laughs> and then you distribute that content. And you're world. distributing rebellion in the name of the child is clever. They are not. They have just sat <laughs> on the throne that has already been Different established. Throne. 
So who are we raising? The Bible talks about raise godly children. Now, hmm. what are you doing, doing now? You're saying, you know what? As long as my child is good, nobody asked you to raise a good child. Anybody hmm. can do that. The kingdom wants god, godly children. That's it. So when you come and talk of establishing thrones, thrones. Talk of the media, go to the talk media. Talk of governance. Anywhere. Hmm. Decisions being made, government laws being changed, policies being changed with one agenda in mind. Take God out of the equation. But we are the people of God. Building altars. Do you understand, altars. Do you understand guys? So, Listen, you're so happy that you found a place to go pray. The geographical space of prayer is not enough to establish a nation. Mm. Okay. Huh. Say that again, please. The geographical space where I am aligning a thousand people hmm. on a geographical space to pray. Those thousand people, if they were praying, the nations should shake. Hmm. But I can establish. While you're, while you're gathering a thousand to do that, hmm. the devil is raising one. One to establish. To wipe out. He's reversing scripture. One is chasing a thousand. Ten thousand. Two is chasing ten, ten thousand. thousand. We are gathering ten thousand for mm, one prayer. To chase one. Something is in all disorder. Guys, we have Something to sit down and say, listen, we are talking about these tools. And we are saying that, are we the people we are talking to? Are hmm. we? Look at yourself and say, are you talking to me? I'm establishing an altar instead of, I'm building an altar instead of establishing a throne. And what is the altar here? We're saying, listen, you're praying and praying and praying. Even an outsider, an unbeliever, a, a, an ungodly person will sit back and watch you and ask you, let me ask you. The whole I've of 2022 you pray. You pray. Yeah, yeah, I watch you pray. 2021. You keep praying. Show me the Every life. Every time you keep praying. Show me the life. Establishing. Show me the life. Listen, when we pray into heaven, and listen, I'm not fighting prayer. Mm. When we pray to heaven, when I pray to heaven, I see a throne. Mm -hmm. I don't see an altar. Mm, mm, mm. Guys. I draw from that throne mm. to establish. What are you drawing? Where are you the getting Bible the says, altar that you're coming to bring into mm, the earth? The Bible says that as it is in heaven, huh. shall it be in the earth. Are there altars in heaven or there? Thrones. Make up your mind. Mm. What's your call? In fact, if you talk of revelation where somebody might come and say they are altars, when you look at the matters there, they are, what are they praying? They're they are not establishing. Out. They are crying out. How they long? are saying, guys, How get long out of here. before what? Hmm. How long before the thrones are established? That's what they if are you crying go, out. Peter tells you clearly that he has taken us out of every uh, revelation, taken us out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nations, and he has made us kings. kings and priests unto his name that we shall not pray rule in the earth get your order but let me ask you when we say we shall rule in the earth we are simply saying that when we see into the heavens yes. and we speak into the heavens we bring and rules. god has given us principles he gives us rule to reign listen hmm. when it hmm. says hmm. in the last days isaiah 2 the paraphrase statement is that out of zion shall come the law oh yes they shall say, teach us your ways. Mm -hmm. They will never say, teach us your prayer. They don't ask for prayers. Prayers are things mm -hmm. you do in private. The Bible says we are kings. In fact, when you talk about revelation, yes. after taking us out of every people, out of every tongue, he makes us a kings and yes. priests, not yes. priests and kings. He makes us kings. And the Bible talks about Melchizedek. He was the king of Salem. 
the priest of God. Why is he saying that? Because the priestly position is where you face God. That is where you break before God. That's where you surrender. That's where you say, Father, you are the one who lives in the realm that controls my realm. That is where you go before God and you're getting patterns from God. But after that, you face the earth as a king, not as a priest. So now when we pray, we are facing the earth as priests. <laughs> and the earth does not need priests. It needs kings. That's it. When Adam fell in Genesis, the Bible says, God told, blessed them. And God told them, be fruitful. <laughs> multiply it. Priests don't multiply it. Priests do not become fruitful. It is kings who are fruitful. Absolutely. And let me say something. Have dominion. Have priests dominion. don't have dominion. Dominion is a kingly it's a outcome. Kingly. Oh, Lord. So, because we focus so much on altars, yes. Our second problem is that the mentality that you draw from that yes. is the issue that has to do with avoiding sin. I think we still have to go back to the thrones. I think we still have to go back to these altars and we have to go back to these thrones. Because yes. if you don't talk about establishing throne until we get it, because yes. the, the four points are powerful. Each of them are powerful. And this will be a conversation yeah. in the next one. In fact, I think we should go to the next one in our next conversation. Okay, because so we will not touch on the second yes. point here. We'll go into it in the next. Because then, it, 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 where it goes next, you'll see the, the reaction. What happens to you if you become altar-centered? So let's talk about this establishing thrones, yeah? Yes. When we talk about establishing thrones, right now, if, for example, if you're in Kenya, and I believe it's happening globally, mm -hmm. we'll be saying, you know what? There are some specific people taking over when mm -hmm. it comes to business. Yes. Whatever business you go into, there's a group that is going into every business and taking over. But question, when they're taking over, what are we doing? Because you're supposed to be the sons of God who even have insight Listen to your statement. Yes, they are taking over. Are they taking over praying postures? No. <laughs> that one they give to us. Temples. They will even fund, fund you. Mm -hmm. Listen, they'll even give you places to pray. Yes. Go and pray because as you're praying, and by the way, do you know why we don't fear your prayers? We've never seen what they do in the earth. So go and pray. My friend, as you're praying, we are establishing. And please, I think also we have to say before we finish, do we pray? Yes. Very seriously. But my friend, when we pray, every prayer is like telling the heavens, like, oh Lord, I it's want to engagement. operate under open heavens. What is an open heaven? A place where the voice of God comes into the earth. When it comes into the earth, you don't pray more. You establish. You know, it's important. You don't pray. It's important mm. when you look at prayer to follow the pattern of scripture. Mm. What does that mean? In the Old Testament, what were they the prayer was a reaction to crisis. Mm -hmm. what, why are we still doing that? Are we in that world? Mm -hmm. Prayer came because a famine came, something went wrong, a problem. Go back to the Old Testament and show me when they prayed for the sake of prayer. Mm. Where prayer was established as a habit. Where prayer was established as a day-to-day -day activity. It wasn't. Mm. Because then the God they knew was a God of sacrifices and altars. Every time you send, you brought a sacrifice. Yes. You move to Jesus, he makes a shift. He tells you prayers about establishment of the kingdom. Nowhere does Jesus teach you prayer in the context of sin. Prayer in the context of repentance. Prayer. In what we call the Lord's Prayer, which is not the Lord's Prayer, it's the Lord's pattern for prayer. Okay. You don't find any of those things we are mm. doing. Mm. You don't find any segment for weeping. 
You don't find any segment for crying out. Because you're speaking to your father, why are you crying? Mm. In the Old Testament, you are speaking to God. And this is the father who has created and said, you're my son, I'm placing you in the earth as a representation of Thank heaven. You. As a representation of heaven, you should be coming with authority. And yes. out of your mouth shall, should be law. There you go. Not tears. Then you move oh, past Lord, help us. Jesus to Paul. Hmm. And Paul gives you clarity. He says, I pray that the eyes, eyes of your understanding be opened. In the knowledge of him. Mm. Guys, we will look at that prayer again in the next two or three conversations to see what is prayer for. And also for when wisdom, about, wisdom, yes. wisdom, period. And you have to come to this place where we say yes. that the people of God perish for lack of knowledge. If we can sit under knowledge, it will not take time before you start establishing thrones. Hmm. It will not take time before you start sitting up and saying, for sure, I can see what I am establishing in the earth because I've seen patterns from heaven. Yes. But right now, our prayers are not practical because people can see something they can hold on or, or yes. anchor in the earth. Hmm. We cannot see. So people are looking for solutions. Instead of solutions, we are calling ourselves back into this building to pray. And guys, let me tell you, if you're watching me and you're a Christian, you're coming from church to ecclesia, you will say for sure, if it's prayer, we have prayed. And every time we get there an answer go. from God, we pray more. We get an answer from we pray, we don't establish. So our scripture in, our, our, in this series, Wealth Transfer, Proverbs 13, 22, look at it, see it, pray that God will open your eyes for us to even have secondary illumination on this, that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, a good man. But the wealth of the sinner or the wicked or the ungodly is stored up for the righteous or the godly. That is our, our, our scripture. And we are going to look at it and see what other scripture yes. agree with this. And how, how does that reality, listen, mm. that statement is not made as a hope, as a prophecy, mm. or, as a, or, or as a prayer. It is stated as a reality, as a truth. This is our reality in this season. When you talk about kingdom business reformation, that's why we, are, we need a reformation. We need things to be rearranged, to back, back to order. We need, when you talk of our minds, when you talk about mentalities, we need them going back to order so that we see what God intended from the beginning. Because if we go to the market space, we're not going as we went before. We're not going standing up there to say, Father, we thank you. In the morning, we have our prayer sessions before we start work and yeah. call that marketplace. No, marketplace is not the place where we are taking our prayers. Marketplace is where we are taking the solutions we received in our prayers. Yep. So the market space is the place where the believers will be standing up and establishing thrones that make us say for sure the kingdoms of this world have started to become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. Your closing thoughts? Just a simple thought. Yes. Which side are you? Hmm. The godly? Of the ungodly. Or are you in the third spot that doesn't even know what's going on? Because the godly are building up an inheritance. The ungodly are building up economy. Where are you? It's been there since the foundation of the world. Reshaping man's thoughts and ideas of life and redirecting man's pursuit in life to fit its agenda. It's a matter of disguise, working through men 
endlessly using every way to hinder the advancement of the kingdom of God. It's Mammon, the spirit behind money. Charles and Susan Opio in their book Unmasking Mammon help their readers unmask this deadly spirit and embark on a journey back to the Father. Unmasking Mammon is a must read. Now available on Amazon and on order at cyruscom254 at gmail.com for physical copies. Grab your copy today and start off your journey to overcoming the spirit of Mammon. Unmasking Mammon by Charles and Susan Opio. Keep it kingdom, keep it pure.